Hello and welcome to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. My name is Kyle Case and I'll be your host on this amazing journey as we attempt to help you get the most out of your life. Joining me in the studio today is my co-pilot, Jeff Harding. Jeff, tell me how you're doing today. Well, I'm feeling a little stiff, Kyle. <laughs> I know me you either. are. Yeah. You had a car accident. Well, it was rear-ended, and yeah. so I'm just a little stiff and sore, yep. But hopefully you get all the kinks worked out and get back to feeling well, certainly normal. certainly trying and, to do that. This will be yeah. a good show for that. Maybe, maybe yes. there'll be a few tips that'll help me... Uh, I hope so. I hope so. And we're going to get into that in just a second. Before we jump into that, though, I want to talk a little bit about sugar. Ah, one of my favorites. (laughs) One of my good friends. One of your favorite topics, subjects, substances, you name it, right? You bet. Well, you're probably not going to love this one. Well, that's all right. I'll still love, I may not eat sugar, but I'm still going to love it. Well, yeah, you may not like you may not like what I have to say, but it's not going to affect the way the relationship that you have with probably sugar. not. You know, because it's an emotional attachment. It's not. There's no logic to it at all. Well, I found some information on uh, RunnersWorld.com that was a different take on sugar that I hadn't really thought about that I wasn't aware of. Thought I'd throw it out there and share it with you. Okay, you ready to go? Yep. So here's the deal. According to a recent review that was published in the Journal of Medical Hypotheses. They have found, based on reviewing a bunch of different studies, they have mm-hmm. found that consuming large amounts of added sugars, and again, when we're talking about sugar, mm-hmm. it's it's worth noting that we're almost always talking about the added sugars. We're right. not talking about the sugar that occurs in your fruits and your vegetables. Right, natural stuff. Natural stuff. We're talking about added sugars. Um, but we know that added sugar is already associated with a wide variety of adverse oh, health consequences. Uh, not the least of which is cardiovascular disease. It affects your gut health, uh, systemic inflammation throughout your body, mm-hmm. insulin resistance, uh, all kinds of stuff that sugar does that is not great for us, right? right. So here's what they found. They did a, a study of, again, a wide range of research um, papers, uh, psychological, physiological. They're looking for everything, uh, not the least of which they 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 looked at a a long term large study of women's health. It was called the Women's Health Initiative Observational Study, and uh, it followed seventy thousand women. That's that's, so a, that's chore. a big study. That's a chore. It's a big yes. study. And uh, when they were looking at sugar consumption and health, the researchers observed that women who consumed the most amount of sugar added added sugar again uh, were twenty three percent greater risk of subsequent clinical depression wow. than those who consume the least amount. And the Saronic is usually they're eating the sugar because they're looking for comfort. Well, that's the cycle, right? That's, right. that's that cycle that happens. Right. So there were some other studies uh, in the Medical Hypothesis Review that found that incidents of depression in Australian, Chinese, Latino, and Iranian adolescents, as well as adults, were mm. also higher in those who reported drinking sugar-sweetened beverages like soda, on a regular basis. So a couple of different um, angles, but they found that when people consume too much sugar, it tends to lead to a, a clinical depression. Well, that's interesting. And and again, that's not across the board. That's not no. everybody, but those were the tendencies that they found. They also, the, the researchers did, um, I guess, point out and mention that that doesn't mean that you have to skip the birthday cake when it comes around. That's good. Um, which you're not going to do no, no matter I would what, right? Not. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't mean that you can't look over the dessert menu every once in a while, uh-huh. but it does mean that we need to be mindful about what we're putting into our body. Right. And eating sugar is something that we want to be cognizant of. 
Um, having sugar, even the bad kind, on occasion isn't likely to create, uh, you know, mood mood um, altering effects and and mean that you're going to be depressed. But uh, chronic, long term, high dose sugar consumption over a span of months starts to create that kind of perfect storm of psychological and mm. mental changes that we want to maybe try to avoid. Yeah. Here's the thing, though, Jeff. The average American, okay, eats about 22 teaspoons worth of added sugar each day. The experts mm. say that it's best to curb your added sugar intake to no more than nine teaspoons. Wow, so about a so, third. Generally speaking, we're eating way too mm. much sugar. We know that, right? That's yeah. not a surprise to any of us. If you're a man, you're supposed to consume about nine teaspoons of sugar, no more than nine. Right. If you get less than nine, that's okay. That's that's not bad for you. Nope. You, you need to consume no more than nine. Uh, they say for a woman, you should consume no more than six teaspoons of added sugar. And any more than that on a regular basis could up your chances of kind of feeling blue and and feeling some uh, depression in your life. So uh, aside from, you know, all of the other things that we mentioned at the beginning, mm-hmm. you know, that cardiovascular disease, all those other things, it, it ends up that eating too much sugar can also be bad for your mental health. So if you're trying to figure out why your significant other is Henri, check their sugar intake. That or could I'm, be I'm one not, place. Not, 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 but unhappy, but <laughs> uh, you know, sad. Your significant other is never Henri. No. Yeah, no, and mine, I, I know no, mine. No, sweetheart, you're never Henri. You're never yeah, Henri, sweetheart. I know, I know mine is. I was referring to theirs. Somebody else is theirs. The, 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 the they the that's they, out there. Right. Anyway, cons- consumption of sugar is something we want to keep our fingers on, maybe. We want to be aware of it. We want to be mindful about what we're putting into our body. Or maybe we want to keep our fingers off the consumption maybe, of sugar. Maybe we want to keep our fingers off the sugar, right? right. Jeff, today's guest is no stranger to the active life. And no, he's I, not. I mean the show, which we do every week, as well as actually living the active That's life. Right. Lance Lawler is a chiropractor. He practices in Redding, California. He's also been a professional mountain biker. Uh, he's a national placer at the annual CrossFit Games. And we've had him on a couple of different times uh, to talk about a variety of different topics. Lance, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing great, you guys. And uh, boy, that sugar topic is is definitely a, a major issue, and I appreciate you guys really, you know, bringing that. Well, obviously, it's been brought to light, but just kind of reinforcing that. That's that's huge, and it's a tough one. I'm I'm included in that too, Jeff. Don't feel bad. It's a tough one, man. <laughs> oh, Lance, we all are. I mean, you know, it's it, because here's the here's the hard part, Lance, and you know this. Like, this is the problem. The hard part is is that sugar is added to almost everything that we eat. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's if it's a if it's a an article of food that has more than one ingredient, so I'm not talking about again like you know grab a, a stalk of celery. I'm not talking about that. Uh, but if you're eating anything that has more than one ingredient, chances are that sugar is is the uh, one of the other ingredients, right? That is absolutely true, and it's, it's and you got to be a, a, a label reader, and that also you know reaffirms you know. Try to stay, you know, <laughs> stay in the, stay where the produce is at if yes. you can, you know. Yeah, someone once told me that the best place to do your shopping is around the outside of the grocery store. And if you think about yep. that, that's generally where your produce is. That's where your, your you know, the, the meats and the dairy and the, the vegetables foods. and the, the non-processed, unprepared foods. That's where they're at. And I think there's something to that. I think there's something to it. Yep. Agree, agree. Well, Lance, once again, we're excited to visit with you today. Thanks for joining us. We want to talk a little bit about spinal health. We've talked with you about some of your mountain biking experiences and some of your CrossFit uh, successes that you've had. But by trade, you're a chiropractor. 
And uh, we want to get into that, uh, especially with Jeff being banged up a little bit oh, yeah. from the, being rear-ended a, a few days ago. Um, let's let's jump right into it. What do we need to know about spinal health and our lives in general, as well as for those athletes that are listening? Well, you know, uh, number one is, you know, chiropractic has been, you know, around for, you know, quite a long time now, and it, it's certainly becoming more mainstream. I, my personal experience, I've almost close, closing out in eight years now, I've worked in a, uh, a surgical clinic here at, uh, it's called Shast Orthopedics, and we're a multi-specialty group. We have, you know, a spine surgeon, uh, general orthopedic surgeons, uh, a physiatrist who deals with chronic pain for a lot of spine cases. Uh, we even have podiatrists, physical therapy, and, and so we, we cover pretty much A to Z in, in certainly musculoskeletal health and injury. And so it's, um, you know, a, a, lot of, a lot of it is, um, you know, identifying the problem early. You know, that's, that's the, because when I see patients, a lot of times it's, they've had a problem for quite some time, you know, and it's either because they've tried to deal with it themselves hoping it would get better, it kind of whacks and wanes and comes and goes, but it never really fully resolves. And so, um, you know, the early intervention a lot of times is, is, is typically a more um, an easier, if you will, uh, a remedy to it. Yeah. But once something's kind of settled in, uh, that creates a, a challenge. Plus, you know, like with Jeff, he just had a, you know, an acute injury. And so there you want to go into, you know, the acute mode of treatment initially for that because, you know, your body only really has one optimized chance to, to heal and put it in the right environment, you're going to have a, a less robust scar and you're going to have a better scar that's aligned properly with lines of force in the joints. And so, um, you know, some of it just got to give it a little time too, but there's definitely some things, just like a pro athlete, um, when they're hurt, man, they're getting something done right, right now, away. right on the field. They're not waiting to see how it does after a couple weeks. And so a lot of times I see is, is identifying what the particular problem is and what can be done initially for it. So you bring up a, just a perfect point because I think th- this is, I found this is kind of my tendency and I don't think I'm alone in that. You, you want to, you know, you want to save a little money as a piece of it, but you also just feel like, ah, I'm just going to give it a couple of weeks and see how it goes. What are some signs that you might want to watch for that says, Hey, get in there and let's get this taken care of versus, well, you know, maybe you could, you know, give it, give it a, a week or two and you're probably going to be okay. Is there something you, you could look for that says, Hey, this, this is important. Get in there right away. Well, certainly there's some, some, uh, you know, what we call red flags in healthcare. It's like, say you have some back pain, like lower back pain, for instance, but you have the bigger component of it is pain or weakness or numbness in your leg, especially if it goes below your knee, and that's a that's a, that's a potential serious thing, and that means there's some likely nerve involvement that's the nerves being compressed somewhere along that uh, that spinal structure, and that needs to be looked at, you know, much sooner right than later. Away. Yeah. Um, not that they can't get better and whatnot, but that's that's definitely something you don't want to ignore if you have that. Now, along the other line is. It's if it's just what we call mechanical, I'm going to go again on the low back pain. Um, you know, if you have pain that tends to be worse with, um, you know, if you try to extend backwards a little bit or off to the side a little bit, you have that, that sharp kind of catchy pain or you go to move and your, your, your back you know, almost catches, your legs yeah. almost give out. Yeah. You know, that's typically a sign that there's some joint that's lacking proper motion in the area. And um, now what happens, too, is that, 
you know, you can just be sore from a workout. The muscles can be sore. We've all experienced that, and that just gets better in a few days. Right. And so if your back's getting better each day, well, it's probably just the muscle. But if it's not improving um, or even getting a little worse after three or four days, you, it, it's probably, you know, something that may potentially need to be looked at. Now, kind of qualify that as well, there may be an activity that a person continues to do that's causing that tissue to be irritated as well. So if you're, you know, reasonably resting it and it's just not getting better, that's that's one of the indicators that you should have that looked at. That sounds like good advice. I, I, I appreciate that. You're listening to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life, and we're talking with chiropractor Lance Lawler about spinal health specifically. What are some of the things, Lance, that can actually go wrong with our spine that we need to be aware of? Well, I mean, you know, one of the, the, the more, the, you know, the more serious things is you have uh, some type of a disc herniation. So the disc, you know, the outer fibers of the disc become compromised, and then there's a jelly-like material in, in the middle of that, of that disc. That's the disc or like, kind of like the shock absorbers between the bones and the spine, the vertebra. And if that herniates out, it then can pinch the, the spinal cord itself, which is really serious. Um, and it can also pinch the nerves that are coming out the sides of the spine, going into the legs or going into your arms if it's in the neck. And so those are those are serious, very serious things, as well as maybe a you know a compression fracture injury where you fall really hard, and um, and you, you need to have that checked too. So th- those are the more serious things with the spine. Some of the other less serious but nonetheless compromising as far as disability is just kind of garden variety sprain strains of the back. And which, when your body is injured, when the spine especially is injured, it goes into a defensive mechanism. It's like you touch something hot, your, your body withdraws. Sure. Well, same thing in the spine. Um, and so when that happens, the muscular tissue around there contracts to kind of support and protect. Well, the problem with that is that the protection now compromises the function. And... When that happens, there's a corruption in how the joint's going to work. Muscles don't do the normal job they should because they're trying to, the body will create a workaround for that. And unfortunately, that's how things become chronic, is that a relatively minor problem can manifest into an ongoing chronic problem because the body has adapted to that neurologically, and it now is, that's the new normal. And, um, you know, that doesn't happen in all the cases, sure. but it, it, it can happen. Um, and so that's, that's something we, that's again why I was talking about the early intervention, because the sooner you do something, you're going to stop that pattern of new muscle memory, so to speak. Yeah. And, uh, and again, it sounds like timing is, is kind of one of the factors that you want to make sure that, uh, that you're aware of, you know, if something's wrong and it's not getting better, uh, it might be time to take it into a professional. No, and that's absolutely right. And so, and really, you know, a chiropractor is really, one of the, the first lines of defense for that, um, I feel, obviously, I'm a chiropractor. I think that way, but, <laughs> right. you know, it, it's, you know, because if you can get, you know, chiropractors, we're, we're experts at the function of the spine and certainly assessing when there's been a lack of motion in the spine. And that's really what, how I view chiropractic is restoring mobility to an area that doesn't have good motion. There's a very a pl- tons of research out there that supports that and how that mechanism affects the function. And so, you know, if we find the area that doesn't move like it should, restore that mobility, and then we couple that with the proper exercise rehabilitation, 
that, that's when people, they do great. And, and if people recognize that sooner than later, it may just be a treatment or two with me and everything's you know, off, working good again. Uh, that's running. why most every pro sports team has chiropractors on their staff. I mean, I'm, I'm a chiropractor for our local uh, um, uh, university here, Simpson University, and I was just there yesterday treating the athletes. And, you know, and for them, they want optimum function. You know, yeah, they have some certain injuries here and there, but even if it's just a little hiccup, they want to make sure the better the, that their spine works, and all joints really will work on all the joints, but certainly the spine, you will not, you will a, a recover from something quicker, but you may prevent something from being a bigger issue because if you don't have good movement in the spine, it's it's compromised, it and so everything. You're, it's just not going to be as durable <laughs> under, especially under a, loads that you know sporting events can have take on the spine. That that makes a lot of sense. Now we've talked a little bit about um, you know injuries and and you know we've referred to Jeff's unfortunate. Uh, uh, rear-ending in, in his vehicle. And, of course, as an athlete, uh, you're always susceptible to, to being hurt and an injury. Um, those are sometimes things that you just can't prevent. Those are just things that happen, and then you have to deal with them. I wonder, Lance, are there things that we that, that just the regular, everyday, average person could do that could help keep their spine healthy and help prevent spinal problems in the long run? Well, the, the, the big thing I see these days is posture. We are now. We are almost everybody is somehow connected to technology, whether it's a phone, computer, laptop, etc. And with that head in that forward flex position, sustained, uh, it really I see so many more, especially younger people with upper back and neck problems and and headaches than I have ever when I first started practicing. So you know I'm encouraging patients. You know. Work on your posture. Let's get you doing some, you know, get the, um, you know, get it that el- easy things to do, like the elastic band. You know, you attach it to the corner of a door and then just pull it into your chest like a row, you know, and squeeze those shoulder blades together. Yeah. Stand up against the wall with your palms facing forward, arms out at about a 45-degree angle, and try to make contact with your head as your hands and arms are against the wall as well because that will check where your posture is at. Some people can't even come close to the wall with their head so far forward. And so simple things like that is a great start, just the posture. Um, and and that, can, that can eliminate a lot of things right there. We, uh, you, you nailed it. We are so connected to our technology. And you know now so much of our work is even associated with staring at a monitor and sitting in a chair all day long. And uh, yeah, I can just imagine as a chiropractor, you're probably seeing so much of that uh, and, and you, again, I think you mentioned the, the young people, but, but it affects all of us, you know, uh, that, that posture is such a big thing. Now, now I, I sit at a desk all day for the most part. I try to get up and move around a little bit, probably don't do it as much as I need to. Uh, but I, I'm sitting there all day long. I've, I've seen a, a, a product that, uh, has been advertised on my, you know, social media feeds or whatever, where it's kind of like, um, it looks to me like it's kind of an alarm where you attach it to your neck or your back and when you slouch over it kind of gives you a little jolt or makes a little buzz or makes a little noise have you seen those and if you have is 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 that something you would see as helpful or is that just a gimmick well i don't i don't have any personal experience with that but i think you know there's there's certainly it would it, be it'd be worth a try if it's something's not really expensive and it's not going to hurt anything if it doesn't help why not try it i mean you know it it's 
because posture is such a big issue, I definitely think having some kind of cueing mechanism to let a person know, and then if the person's also doing um, some of the exercise rehab for, you know, laying on a foam roll, you know, lacrosse ball and not, or, you know, tennis ball, not just on the back, but on the front of the chest and the upper chest on the outsides there, that muscle will get short called the pectoralis minor muscle. So if you work that out, do some doorway stretches, maybe, you know, have that. Because if you just get the cueing, that, that's going to help. But you st- I still think people should do the, um, you know, do, do some exercises. Just, and it doesn't take a bunch. It doesn't take a lot of time. And a lot of times that's where I think that, that alert can help because people don't even realize they're slumping into that posture, yeah. you know, because they're just so used to it. I feel myself there. Like sometimes, I, you know, I, I haven't used the product. Uh, I don't have any personal experience with it either. But I know that sometimes I'll just catch myself like, oh, my gosh, I am I am like the hunchback here. Like I am slouched all the way over. I got to sit up straighter, you know. You know, Kyle, I had the low-tech version of that years ago, my mother. <laughs> she gave you a, she gave right. you a, a little jolt, right, when you weren't standing up quite straight. <laughs> right. Sometimes it's just verbal, but yeah, she let me know when I was slouching. Oh, that's good. What would we do without our mothers, right? So, Lance, you, you've been a chiropractor for how many years? Well, let's see. I graduated chiropractic college in 1989. Um, however, I did not start practicing uh, full-time until about 93 because, you know, when I graduated, I, as I mentioned in the prior podcast, I, uh, I pursued my career in, in professional cycling. And so, um, but, but that was a good experience because I would still treat um, the, the, the cyclist um, uh, that, I was, that I was racing against. And sometimes I'd treat them and they beat me. I'm like, okay, you're not getting treated next week. <laughs> until after the happen, race. You know, but it was it was they were super receptive to that i mean they they really appreciated that and and it was it was nice getting to work on them and then working with some you know people in in that whole segment of of you know uh, sport was was a great experience for me so yeah I, but i started full time in practice in about 93 so you've had some some great experiences i'm sure you've seen some people come in with some real problems and found some satisfaction in in wa- watching them go through the process of healing and and uh, being able to return to full mobility and full practice. We, we've only got about a minute and a half, but I want to go back to your your sport experience as an athlete, um, whether that's re- referencing your mountain biking or your CrossFit. Um, obviously, being active is something that you know has long-term health benefits, and, and core strength is going to help with your spine and all those kinds of things. What advice would you have for someone out there that's maybe – brand new year, thinking about resolutions, what, what advice would you have for someone who's kind of saying, yeah, I want to do something, but I'm not sure. What, what would you tell them? Well, well if, if, they, if they don't have any basic, if they're not you know, uh, working through any kind of injuries or any kind of uh, issues like that, they can just, just start slow. I mean, just start walking or just anything to get you get them moving. I mean, I, I think, you know, if they have the means, a personal trainer to lay out a program so they, they start safely, you know, and they could, they can see some of those small gains. Like I'm a big, huge fan of those little small steps forward. Sure. Um, and then, or if they do have some challenges getting, um, uh, you know, getting in with the physical therapist and, 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 and seeing if there's some things that need to be addressed on that side. Cause you don't want to make something worse, not knowing what to do and not to do. So trainers are very helpful like that. If they don't really have any major issues or the physical therapist, but just starting with something, you know, anything. Yeah. 
such great advice. And, you know, we hear that so often and, and not only do we hear it, but we, we watch it, you know, uh, as athletes of the games come and compete and we hear their stories. And so often we find out that people, you know, that are so successful now having, having great success in their sport, they just started out with something, you know, walking or, or jogging or whatever it was. And now here they are having success. Lance, once again, thank you so much for joining us. We uh, look forward to having you on again sometime in the future and uh, best of luck in all that you're working on. Thank you guys so much. It's always a great pleasure, and I and I really appreciate everything you guys do. It's awesome. Thank you. Great. Thank great. you, Lance. Have Thank a great you. day. All right. You too. Thank you. So, Jeff. Yes, Kyle. I, I just barely mentioned it, but we was, technically we're still at the beginning of a new year. We are. It's still January, and like I said, a lot of people maybe are thinking about resolutions. Uh, if you still are thinking about something and you're over 50, why not consider participating in the Huntsman World Senior Games as one of your resolutions? I think that's about as good as it gets. It's a good one, right? Yes. The dates of the 2020 games are October 5th through the 17th, and team registration is now open. Registration for athletes will open on March 1st, so put that on your calendar. If you have any feedback for us about the show, please shoot us an email at activelife at seniorgames.net. Remember to tune in live next and every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Mountain Time on AM 1450 or FM 93.1 for the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. And, of course, Jeff, you know you can subscribe to our podcast. I do know that. Pretty much anywhere that podcasts are Almost found. Almost anywhere. <laughs> our inspirational thought comes from the much-beloved British author C.S. Lewis. Mm-hmm. He said, you are never too old to set another goal or dream a new dream. Amen. Until next Thursday, stay active. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone.